Welcome everybody to Catfish Weekly presented by Whiskerware Apparel along with Doc Lang. I'm Lyle Stokes and Doc, we got a bang up show tonight. Yes, we do. We got some really cool well, guests in here we're going to have a lot of fun with. And uh, we got a bunch of tournament results from the weekend, some upcoming events, uh, all kinds of cool stuff to talk about. And uh, it, ought to be, it ought to be a really great show. We, we're going to have a lot of fun tonight with these guys. They're uh, uh, outstanding yeah. bunch, of, bunch of guys to be around. And we really enjoyed our time with them down at the Catfish Conference. Man, that was, that was awesome. And uh, That was a hoot. Yeah, we had a good time yeah, it with was. them. You know, Doc, before we get started, Everybody in the world is talking about this thing. Yeah. You know, I never until we got hooked up with Robert on the survivor unit, I never never understood how important something this small could possibly be. But everybody that's involved with saving their fish, whether it be transporting them to a tournament or just uh, getting them tuned up before they release them from their live wells. This thing is the action. If you're moving in a boat, you need to get a survivor unit. It's just an outstanding product. Yep, very, very good. I I, I fished a tournament this weekend, and uh, you know, even when I was just moving along, it was constantly putting water in there, and I didn't even have a pump on. Yeah, you can't beat it. It's just an outstanding. I got a question to ask you though, before we get too far along here. Uh, a guy asked me online the other day, and I couldn't remember. Your little uh, whisker sticks LED lights that the that the gentleman yeah. sent us. How long was it that that thing burnt before it finally gave up the ghost? And I think it was still burning, and you just said enough. Yeah, it was four hundred and forty hours. Four hundred LED stick burnt, and uh, and it it was hard to see at daylight, but at night you could still see about forty feet. And that, wow. I pulled the plug on it then. Now, I haven't talked to Tim here lately, but he's doing another test on a white light to see how long that thing burns. That's outstanding product also. It's just really good, you know. And uh, we, don't, we don't thank these guys that, that do this stuff near enough, uh, you know, like Drift Masters and, and Monsters on the Ohio, Mississippi River Monsters and Whiskerware and all the all of our sponsors and stuff. But uh, you know, these guys are the the people that makes it easy for us to do what we do, and yeah. uh, we we appreciate everything that they do for us. And uh, I I'm really anxious. You and I have talked about this a little bit, but uh, here a while back I've done a little review on on Big Cat Fever's slime line. And uh, they're going to send us some lighter weight line because I know that you do a lot of channel catfishing and, and we're going to test that stuff and review it. Uh, they was just really low on it. They want to take care of their customers. I, I, that's outstanding that they want to do that. Yeah. Uh, but I'm really excited uh, about getting some of this stuff and try it. I'm not a big, I, I like my braid, but for channel cat, it's, it's, it's really good. Uh, to use that stuff and we get that stuff in we're going to redo a review on it and we've got some other stuff that we're going to get in and do some reviews on uh seem like everybody liked that so i'm excited about that good deal yeah and i'm yeah. a i'm a big mono user yeah you know? I, I know you you're big into braid i'm big in i've always been in mono so and that works out really good for us when we're doing stuff yeah. like that for people because exactly. i like one thing you like the other and we get a different perspective from each of us and uh, it just works out really well. Yeah. So, well, without further ado, we got the Mud Bum Boys on tonight, gentlemen. Welcome to Catfish Weekly. Howdy. 
What's up, brother? How you doing, guys? <laughs> you just uh, how many of you guys is there in your in your group that that do the show? Five of us. Five. Um, I, I gotta ask you a question, and and you guys have brought in a couple of guys for pro staffers that I think a, quite a bit of uh, Chuck Breedlove and. Boomer Wilson, I, them two guys are really good friends of mine. I think the world of them. How in the world did you get hooked up with them guys? You want to take this? Go ahead. Well, we uh, we set up a, a portal on our website and um, basically asked guys to send in their information, you know, their stats, what kind of tournaments they've fished, what kind of places they've been in, and um, we stumbled across those two guys, and they have been great for our program, and we consider them. Not only bro staff, that's what we call our pro staff, bro staff, but uh, friends, truly friends of ours. And, oh, absolutely. Uh, I, I've, known Chuck for, I've known Chuck for several years. We see each other at tournaments two or three times a year. He's just a really good guy, a outstanding tournament fisherman. And Boomer and I have, have been together on and off online for a long time, and, and we've been working on some stuff even before I knew you was involved with him. Uh, about shooting some video and and uh, with the big catfish weekly national championship coming up we're gonna have him on next week and talk about the lake of the ozarks and and uh, certain parts of the lake and how you fish certain times of the year there and different things and uh, from my perspective you couldn't have found anybody any better than those two guys they're really cool like i say they're personal friends of mine i know doc knows chuck really well and uh, they're they're good guys they're, they're good for the sport, and they'll do you an outstanding job. There's no doubt in my mind. Yeah, we think the world of them, man. Those two guys are awesome. And you know what it's like when a bunch of when a bunch of boys get together, you know? <laughs> it's, it's like, I do. It's yeah, little, I do. Everybody's cutting yeah. up, and, and no one gets out of there with their skin. <laughs> and that's the way we like it. Before I turn you over to Doc, I, I think there's a very high percentage – of people that started catfishing that do exactly what you guys do on your show. When I was a kid, we used to go up uh, off of the Mississippi River to Salt River. Uh, it's a little little tributary, which, which it's, a, it's a river that Mark Twain Lake is actually made out of. And before Mark Twain Lake was there, we'd take off on the weekend, and a bunch of us had 10, 12, 14-foot John boats with anywhere from 2.5 to 7.5 or 10-horse motors on them. And we'd put in, we'd go up there and find a sandbar, and we'd take nothing but a skillet, some grease, and stuff to drink, and we'd eat and drink and and uh, fish all weekend. And when we get done, if we had anything to bring home, we brought it home. If we didn't, we didn't. But we'd stay there from, like, Friday night till Sunday evening. And, uh, you know, that was fun times. Well, them, them days are past for me. I think I told you down at the Catfish Conference that, that my my roughing it and camping is done at the Holiday Inn now. You know, right. I don't do too, too much of that. But uh, – you know that's how a lot of us got started running running lines and stuff and I, and I don't do that anymore uh but if it's done respectfully in the correct way there's there shouldn't be any anything wrong with it and i i enjoy you guys show so much uh and the fact that you're trying to get the point across to save the breeding size fish and the bigger fish so they can pass them genes along and and the smaller ones are the ones we need to take out of the river so that makes your show very interesting but you guys are funny i mean um, most of the shows that I watch on the outdoor channel and pursuit channel and whatever else I get on, on that I, when I find a fishing show, uh, 
you guys make me laugh. You keep me entertained. So many of these guys, they go out and they catch fish, they put it in a live well, or they throw it back, and they sit there and talk to each other. And uh, Bill dances. He's an entertainer. The Mudbum Boys are entertainers. So many of them are not entertainers. Like going to see a, a country music show or something. If you if you go see Alan Jackson, he's a great singer. But if you go see Garth Brooks, he's an entertainer. And that's the, the entertainment factor is the difference between a lot of these shows and what you guys do. Well, we tip our hat to you for that, sir. We appreciate that. That's uh, that's something that a lot of people kind of – it's funny. A lot of people, when they meet us, they just be like, man, y'all are just the same as you are when you're on film. And it's like, well, <laughs> well yeah. I put the camera on and let her roll, buddy. That's kind of the way we operate. We ain't changed much. So. I, I told Doc when we got done with you guys down there, and we'd had such a good time with you down at the conference, I said – you know, it's just like I knew them guys my whole life. I mean, they're just like everybody. You know, it, it was really neat uh, for you guys to jump in there uh, and, and be able to talk about anything we wanted to talk about and and make it to where everybody understood how you was doing it, why you was doing it, and, and all this stuff. And, you know, Blaine, I've watched some of your videos that you put up uh, throughout the weeks, you know, like you was working on some woodworking projects the other day at your house or at the shop or something uh really neat stuff uh that's just pretty cool that you find time to do that and still run your store and make your shows and and all this stuff and i know willie has told me bunches and bunches of things that you guys have in the works for this year and you guys are going to be busy <laughs> yeah we are we're, we're having to start penciling in and scheduling our sleep yeah <laughs> we're, busy, we're busy so, but that's good. So that's good. Idle, uh, idle, what, what is it? Idle hands or the devil's work? That is the same. So it keeps us out of the bars and off the streets. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I, I enjoy you guys' show, and, and we're going to have a great time with you tonight. And I'm pretty sure that some of the guys will come up with some uh, uh, questions, questions in here. I haven't seen any yet, but Doc and I'll try to watch them, and we'll try not to miss any of them. And in the meantime, I'm going to let Doc visit with you guys a little bit, and, and he'll have some stuff to go over with you. And, and when he's done, uh, I'll visit with you a little bit more, and, and we'll try to have a good time tonight. Sounds good. Sounds good. Okay. So, all right. So, everybody that's out there listening and watching may not know who you guys are. So, if you would introduce yourselves to everybody that's watching. I'm Niles Bailey, AKA Willie. And I'm Blaine Garrett. <laughs> we, we're two of the five dudes that make up what's called the mud bums. Uh, we hail from Des Moines, Iowa, which is right smack dab, pretty much in the middle of the state, slightly south, uh, slightly south central. <coughs> uh, we, we cut our teeth on catfishing, but really when you peel it all back, we're just a bunch of dudes that like to hunt and fish and camp and hang out and eat good food and cut up and, you know, just enjoy our time as buddies out there, uh, out there in the wild. That's, that's about, nice, that's yeah. about the way you can cut it and run into business. Blow up. Yeah, that's right. Blow up things with rifles. Yeah, yeah, that's right. We love things that go fast and they go bang. We, we really, I mean, yeah, I watched one of your shows. I I said that's a good trick there. <laughs> so, okay, what what's the river that you guys are doing most of your filming on? What what is that river? What's the name of it? Well, we we fish uh, a handful of rivers here in the state of Iowa. Uh, we really don't necessarily have one particular river that we target every single time. Um, 
but to name a few, you know, we fished the Des Moines, the Coon, the Wapsie, um, different parts and stretches of those rivers. Uh, we've been over to the Missouri River on the western border. Um, we've gone up into the Nish before. Um, you know, really a lot of our interior rivers here in the state of Iowa hold flatheads. Not too many of them hold blue cats. Um, so we pretty much hang our hat on going after flatheads. But um, if it fishes or if it swims and we can catch it, yeah okay so and and you guys do you know you're you're running lines you're running actually you're and i've watched you you're setting up fishing out on the boat with poles and that kind of stuff we do we do it all i mean we got to peel the clock back a little bit but for those folks who have seen our show i think we appreciate you a lot and be um, you know, a lot of a lot of folks just think that the only thing that we do is run ditty poles or what people would call set lines or uh, you know bush hooks or something like that. And and though we do that, yes, man alive, we love rod and reeling just as much. I mean, we're kind of those guys that if you can put us outside and we can catch it and kill it, we're going to have a good time. And that's kind of the motto that we live by. Uh, but we do rod and reel, and we do a little bit of everything. So. But for the most part, you guys are all catch and release, except for the smaller fish. That's right. We, uh, golly, we tally up all of our pounds every year. I think last year we caught about close to 1,800 pounds of flatheads that we just made. And we record all the weights. We record all the rivers, the weights, you know, where we caught them, what's the date, what's the trip. And uh, that kind of helps us with fishing. But we, we keep – we, we actually ran the numbers on it, and we keep less than 1% of what we catch every year. <laughs> I mean, we, we keep very few fish, and it's it's always down to the point that, you know, we'll be at camp or something, and we'll have caught, you know, a couple hundred pounds of, of flatheads that day, and we've released them back into the water. And uh, somebody will be like, man, did we bring some fish frying? Like, yeah, we did. All right, well, if we catch a, a nice eater, we'll, you know, we'll keep a little eater, just enough to feed a couple guys back at camp. And, but, yeah, we release a lot of fish, man. A lot of fish okay uh, big easy wants to know do you guys know anything about drifting lakes well we, yeah we know a little bit about it I mean I, I, I wouldn't call ourselves experts by any means but um, uh, we have drifted what we call the good old Iowa style where we turn the boat sideways throw out a drift sock and sit back and, and drift a shell for a sometimes we're not even necessarily drifting anything we're just drifting and um, and we've caught some cats that way, but um, I wouldn't call ourselves experts by any means. We can get in the boat and we can do it, and we've had success doing it before, but uh, we've done it before. So. Yeah, Fat Boy Dan wants to know, do you all ever plan on coming to fish the Wabash River up in Indiana? You know, it's funny. The Wabash has kind of been on our radar for a couple of years, but there's a lot of rivers that here in, you know, here in the Midwest, I guess you yeah. could say they're on our radar. We get so what's so tough for us is time, um, because this has turned into a business. We have a, you know we're actually in our store right now, and so it's just trying to identify the time and create all this. And you got and then two camera guys. You got seven dudes, and of the seven guys, only two of them work for Mudbum full time. So the other five guys, they all are either but they're they're all business owners other than one guy. Yeah. So they all have their own companies that they run. So it's just, it's like pulling teeth. So to answer his question, it's not off the list. 
and maybe someday we'll infiltrate into that area. Hopefully someday we can. Okay, another question. Do you all set your lines over deep water or shallow water in early spring? I think, uh, at least for myself, um, over the years, I've I've kind of picked up on a trend that I've I've I what I look for on the river, and it's not so much necessarily to do with deep water or shallow water. I look for eddies, um, where we have a current break, a current change, whether that's caused by a washout in the bank or if there's a log jam and it's creating an eddy that goes by it. Um, even a, just a small three foot little seam, little outcropping in an outside bend. Um, I look for eddies. That's what I look for. Those big fish, uh, the bait fish will get in that slack water pushed up against the bait bank, and um, that's where they can feel. But they don't have to fight that heavy current, and then those big fish will come up and, and feed in those current breaks. So, personally, I necessarily don't look for deep or shallow. I look for eddies, and that's pretty much all year round for me. You know, we all kind of are a little bit different in the way we set our poles and how we fish. Okay. Now, what size weight are you guys using to, to hang the lines with? 99.9% .9 of the time, we're using a two-ounce egg. Okay, and then I noticed on your videos that you guys like using bullheads. We love those little yeah. rascals, man. Those things, are <laughs> those, those things are wild, and they stay alive on the hook, and they're mean. And if something's mean, I like it, you know, because that just means it's just got passion and fire. You can throw those little rascals over the boat, man, and they'll stay alive for five, six days sometimes. So, yeah, you, we love that. Do you cut the pectoral fins off of them or just let them go? Let them go. We just let them swim. You ever get one of them in your finger or your hand? Oh, yeah. Every, every day we're on the river, partner. Yeah, every, you know, with <laughs> Always me, in the V there. Yeah, if I'm using them things, if the first one fins me, they all lose them pectoral fins. Now, if I, if I don't get <laughs> If I don't get thinned, I don't bother them. But the first time I get thinned, they all lose them. Uh, the worst is when you reach your hand down in the bait bucket and it's one shoves his coral fin right up underneath your fingernail. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's oh, yeah. yeah. That that's or underneath a, the cuticle, one of the two. That's about as bad as it gets. <laughs> we got a question here. What, what bait you all use to catch your bullheads with? Uh, typically use just a little quarter ounce eighth ounce jig head with a with a worm on night crawler it depends on where i'm at or what i'm doing but um usually i'm on the bottom um but if they're not on the bottom i'll throw them on a bottom <coughs> now are, are you guys tight lining them because i mean they're notorious for swallowing the hook yeah that's what yeah. i was actually getting ready to say the nice thing about using a lead head as opposed to just using a you know a long shank hook or something like that for like panfish is that lead head will actually keep them from inhaling that hook. So we use a lead head and then that way it just kind of hangs up right there at the entrance of their mouth and you can usually save your hook almost every time. That's how we use them. It's good information. I had, back to you, uh, what you were saying earlier, I had a lady message me the other day and her son wanted to know how we reach in the bucket full of bullheads without getting stung. That was her question. You don't. And, and, and I told her, I said, the trick is you just got to reach your hand in there ever so delicately and gently and, cheat, and treat them all like a lady. <laughs> <laughs> That's about the truth. It if really you, is. 
you can reach into a bucket of bullheads, there'd be 50 of them in there. And if you just slowly reach your hand in that bucket, they won't get riled or nothing. You know, yeah. you can be ever so gentle with them. I guess I never was gentle enough. <laughs> every, every time I reached in, there was all like a bunch of piranhas. Yeah. <laughs> About the only thing that compares to them is if you throw a cast net, if you're getting shad, and you get a bunch of them little channel cat in there about three, four inches long, and you try to get them out of your net, there's no way you can do it that without getting stung. You just can't do it. Yeah. Uh, here's a good question, Willie. This is for you. Does right. that? This is from Dieter Melhorn, which we interviewed him a couple weeks ago here on the show. Great guy. He wants. Does that beard get hot in the summer, and does catfish slime wipe out of it easily? Uh, <laughs> I seem to find myself picking just about everything imaginable out of my beard. You know. Uh, <laughs> Every once in a while, the boys be like, hey, Willie, you know, hey, Willie, you got something here, and be a Cheerio or <laughs> food from an hour ago or whatever. Yeah, you get into the habit with your buddy where you just kind of go and reach and get it off the wall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been uh, slimed up a few times. It's oh, up. man. <laughs> oh, that's funny. We were, uh, we were rolling down the road or down the river. Uh, <laughs> And in the spring, we get a lot of foam that floats down the river out here. We've got a lot of ag out here. So, we a lot of foam floating down the river out here. And Willie reached over the side of the boat and grabbed a big old ball of foam, about as big as a basketball, and just smashed it right all over his face. And had that stuff hanging off his beard all wild and crazy. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. That is hilarious. I can't imagine all you guys being together out there camped out on the river, and when the camera's not going on, I'm pretty sure it's a wild time. Yes, it, it can is. be. It can be. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Some of the times it's pretty wild on camera. It is. Yeah. <laughs> you, you guys don't edit much, do you? Uh, we do. Like, well, yes, we do. No, we don't, but yes, we do. <laughs> I don't know. I, I've seen a few of them where you guys step in a hole and the guy's on his face and <laughs> everybody's sitting there laughing at him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When your buddy's in pain, that's when it starts getting funny, right? I mean, that's. <laughs> yeah, because the one video I watched, the guy reached up on the bank, got a hold of the bank, and then somebody backed the boat out. <laughs> oh, yeah. Out from under him. Yeah. Oh, Shiner, on about a nine-foot cliff at about two o'clock in the morning, we pulled right into the bank and we left him. He only had about a root ball to hold on to. He had that big sombrero on. Uh, oh, great. Yeah, actually, we were in the back of the boat. Yeah. We were crying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> laughing so hard. We were. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But we do, we actually do edit quite a little bit because if you can imagine, it's when we oh, go yeah. home, when we go and film, it's it's not like most shows where we'll go out and we'll take seven dudes, five guys that are on camera, we'll have three boats, four trucks, and enough equipment to sustain you for probably a month. But that's what we go out and take on the on the river, and then we clear that space and we're there for six, seven days. 
So if you can imagine taking, and we always do like a part one, part two trip, you know, so there'll be the same trip, but we'll do part one, part two. But if you can imagine taking four days worth of content from five guys and turning it into 22 minutes. Oh, yeah. Our, our producer has to watch that. And <laughs> when he gets home, and it is, it's crazy. It's crazy. See what else we got here. Uh, uh, Phil Brown wants to know. He's seen that Crash decided to get pretty. He wanted to know why you shaved off your beard. <laughs> you know, I can't. Uh, I can't grow a beard like Willie can. Willie can. Beard, but my beard just. I just didn't like the way it looked. Plus, <laughs> man, I was waking up and it'd be like this, you know, and then it was all falling out because it was terrible. And Willie, Willie grows a great beard, so I knew that I can't. I can't sit in the boat with such a legend and look like that. I just can't, you know. So I shave. Willie, Willie looks like he could be on Duck Dynasty, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when he wakes up in the morning on the river after three days, he looks like uh, he looks like Swamp Thing. Oh yeah. Oh man. <laughs> oh. Well, you know, that's you guys have a lot of fun. I know you do, and it, it shows because, it's, like I said before, the shows are so entertaining. Well, we appreciate that. Yes, we, uh, that's the whole thing that we started ever since the beginning was, is we're going to – the good, the bad, and the ugly, you're, you're, you're going to see it. Um, you're going to see the parody moments. You know, there was a, there was a moment where – Couple episodes, uh, let's see, episode five of last year, I wrote a song about my, my grandpa. You know, that was kind of a serious moment. And then there's times when we're digging holes and red shine, you know, red's falling in them. Those are funny moments. And then, boat, back of the boat. I mean, that's all real stuff. And it's stuff that happens to everybody on the river, you know. I mean, if, if it doesn't matter if you're rod and reel, it doesn't matter if you run lines, it doesn't matter if what you're doing. You're going out to a camp. It could even be a deer camp. You're going to a camp and you're going to be with your buddy. A couple of things are going to happen. You're going to have you're going to have some jokes that are going to be said. You're going to have guys that are going to be rolled over in laughter. You're going to have probably some serious moments where, you know, we might have to address something serious. You're going to have a huge victory where somebody's going to catch a big fish or put a big deer down. And that's the, the – I mean, we try to show all of that, you know, and we don't – these larger than life serious guys, we just try to make it feel like the viewers just kind of in the boat with us and they're kind of with us, you know, that's kind of the way we want that to be. Just enjoy it with us. So we're glad that you recognize that. We appreciate that a lot. Yeah, it's definitely good. Justin Wolf wants to know what is their what is your agenda or future plans for the catfish market and why did they decide to start making videos? That's a great question. That's a fantastic question. Um, I think that this question could possibly be a can of worms, but that's where I like living in. What's the, what's the future for Mudbum as a whole? Like what direction are we going? Is that kind of the way I'm reading that right? Yeah. So our direction is, has always been to, if we're going to put our minds to something and we're going to be involved in something, it's going to be something worth doing, you know? And if we're going to do it, and part of doing something right is making sure that we take care of stuff. I mean, it's that simple. And what we've come to understand and what we come to realize is that uh, 
we have a voice and we have a voice with a lot of people out there that like doing what we do and what we really are trying very hard to do and i think our we're, we're still young we're infantile as a company don't, don't get me wrong when i make this statement but what we're really trying to do is we're trying to bridge this gap there's a massive gap that exists in the catfishing industry and and it, it and actually is actually found in a lot of other industries. You find that in the deer hunting industry. You can see it. You can find it in the turkey industry. You can find it in the coyote hunting industry. It's the same thing. It's happening in the catfishing industry where there's people who have different methods of catching fish. And what we want to try to do is we're, we're trying to bridge the gap. And look, we need to come together as cat guys. We need to all understand that we may not practice the same method. I, I get that and I respect that. One thing that we don't do with Mudbum is get in the get into the drama. We're not afraid of having the conversation, but we're not into the ugliness. You know, just for the just for the fact of being ugly, we don't we don't get into that. You know what I mean? I mean the whole cuss out sessions and some of the just ugly nasty things that you see. We don't get into that stuff. So, but what we want to do is we want to be able to talk to people and have the conversation with people, and we know there's some serious things out that are going on out there. You know, and not everybody in rules. Not everybody around the country has the same fisheries. Not everybody around the country has the same demographic of people that grew up in different areas doing different things. And so we kind of have to collectively start bringing people together to let everybody realize that, you know, we have, we have some issues here and our goal is to kind of help, to help get that fixed. And, and that's really kind of our goal, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That might have been a long way around the horn, and I can go into great detail, but I feel like that's, you know, an overall blanket statement of kind of our direction in which we're, in which we're going. So. Okay. Uh, let's see. Next question. Any – oh, wait a minute. Where was it? There's so many questions coming in here. I'm trying to keep up with them. Uh, thanks for making the rail splitter rods in white. Any plan to expand the, the line of rail splitter rods? Absolutely. We are currently in the process of uh, designing, well, it's almost done, but a, a bumping rod, as well as a 10-footer that is almost a mimic of the current rail splitter that we call the Traveler. Um, and then uh, for next year or in the near future, we're going to be designing and putting rods um, realistically probably to be out sometime uh, late winter, early spring of next year is our, is our goal and our hopes. So, yes, there is. there are plans to, to grow the rail splitter rods. And perhaps, I don't want to stick my foot in my mouth, but it's on the table right now to grow the rail splitter rods. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, it, it might be coming down the pipe pretty fast and strong within the next 12 to 16 months. The what, now, you broke up, and I didn't catch all that last bit you said. I was just saying how much of a good-looking dude you were. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> I was just saying that uh, to Willie's point that we're going to try to ramp up the rail splitters here pretty hard and heavy within the next 12 to 16 months. We've got a lot of prototypes we're waiting on right now. I know that we're going to be expecting some and actually next week. I just heard on our way up here tonight, Willie. Um, so, yeah, the rail splinter, I think, is just it's just the beginning. 
but thank you for reaching out and thank you for liking the rail splitter and thanks for bringing that up, man. We appreciate your support. Thank you for that question, buddy. Another question here. Tell us about your set line system. The hog log. Um, so what basically we designed the hog log um, after running lines a few times. Uh, with lead brought us into it and when we would go out there would be four to five of us in the boat. We'd have 25 poles and it was a mess. You'd have your typical line wrapped around your pole. Uh, you'd set your pole. This is the way we did it. You'd tie your line on, then you'd tie your hook on based on the depth that you wanted to fish. And uh, it took us hours, hours to set lines. I mean, three, four hours to go out and set 20 to 25 poles. So we, as the type of guys that we are coming from construction world and building things, like there's got to be a quicker, faster way. So we uh, came up with uh, our first prototype of the log log <clears throat> with an internal line system that kept everything protected. And over the years, we ended up changing things and, and making it better. And finally, we got to a point where we created what we now have is the hog log, a uh, seven-foot pole, 100% uh, made here in America. We're big on uh, big on that. It's a huge thing for us. Um, fully warranted, warranted for life. Um, it's got a 400-pound Spectra braid line. So the difference between Spectra braid and trot line cord is that that line is not going to break down in the water. It's not going to break down with the sun. Um, it's going to be protected for a lot longer than like a cotton line or a, or a standard tartan braided. Um, and, and we designed it to essentially catch state records. I mean, we're out there. I'd be kidding you if I told you I was out there to catch 30-pounder. I want to catch monster fish. That's what I like to do. I like to put monster fish in my hands and then let them go. And uh, so we designed that system uh, to, do, to do just that. Good deal. Okay. Let me see. Where am I at here? I'm caught up. Uh, yeah, I think pretty much. I don't see any anything else. Tim Lindsay says he loves you more, Crash. <laughs> I don't know what that's all about. No, you tell Tim Lindsay I love him more. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just going to leave that alone, but Benji jumped on in there. Then it's okay. Hey, man, that's hey. all. Twisted Fishing TV says you guys would be a blast to uh, fish with. I'd have to tend to agree with that, but like I told you before, I'm not staying out on the river all night. If I do, I ain't camping in no tent. <laughs> I did enjoy that when I was younger, however, but uh, Doc and I will quickly tell you that we're not the kids anymore that we used to be. No, uh -uh. I'm an old man. <laughs> we've had uh, we've had some people that have joined us out there for camp a couple. I will tell you that camping, it, it, we spend a lot of time on the river. And we're not sleeping on the ground. No. You know, I mean, and, and it's not that bad. So, you, you know, whatever you have in your head, it ain't what you think. I mean, we go in and clear out an area. By the time we get done clearing it out, it looks like somebody's front yard. It's green, raked, and, you know, and I mean, we make it There's we make it livable for seven days. You're sleeping on a cot with an air mattress. You know what I'm saying? You're yeah, years ago, I used to go to Colorado, and we'd pack in the mountains and elk and deer hunt for two weeks, and I ain't doing that no more either. <laughs> <laughs> I 
That sounds like a blast, man. It, it absolutely is. Um, the last trip I took out there, uh, I took a guy with me, and I had horses that packed in and all the stuff, and um, I had put a, a built a motor for my my truck. I had a four door dually and built this motor for the truck, put it in in the spring, and run it all summer. We get ready to go, and we get sixty miles east of Denver and the crank broke in it, just driving down the road, been driving all night. And uh, there we are stuck on the side of the road with four horses tied up in the medium, <clears throat> eating grass and got a, finally got a hold of a guy with the record. And he pulled us in and uh, there wasn't a motor nowhere around. He's going to be two weeks before he could get to it. And I said, if I can find a motor, would you loan me an air hose and an air tool and I'll change this motor myself outside if you'll help me get it in and out. And uh, he, he kind of, kind of laughed i said well dude I'm, I'm telling you i own a garage so I, i'm pretty sure i get this done well first thing that happened we unload them horses uh the guy that was with me he got to waving his hands around scared one of them and ripped the end of my finger off and the nail was, was all tilted over the sides i'd go get that sewed back on so i've only got one hand and in seven hours we had to motor out of two vehicles in one vehicle down the road and we stopped at a motel and i took a shower and spent the night there in denver and then we went on up in the mountain and stayed <laughs> Oh, That's pretty hardcore. Most people would have just turned around at that point and went on back, but we was already there, and and uh, we went ahead yeah. and gone. But uh, yes. goodness gracious, that is uh, yeah, you are the man. <laughs> I'm I pretty hardcore about that elk hunt. We used to pack in there 14 miles up in the mountains and set up a tent and have a wood stove up through the top like you see on TV. Uh, That's the way we done it. It was a blast, man. Yes, that was awesome. It don't get All much right. more fun than that. Okay, let's man. We got questions like crazy here coming in. Uh, uh, when are we going to see that gator boat hit the tournament trails? Well, the next tournament on twisted coming up uh, May seventh, I believe. Okay, the date that'll be the the next time that will be out um, for sure. The monsters on the Mississippi. MRM, um, uh, posters on the Ohio. So there's there's a few, and then there's some local tournaments around here that I'll be fishing in. Okay, I'm looking forward to seeing you guys a bunch of these tournaments. That's going to be a blast. It will yeah. be. It'll be a good time. Yeah. How often do you check the bait and rebake your poles? That's a great question. Um, it kind of depends on the trip, and kind of depends on the weather, maybe a little bit. Um, depends on, on how the fishing is going too. I mean, y'all know what it's like. If, if you're a cat fisherman, you, you know that there's, it's just, there are those times when those magical, magical things come together. Like a rising river and a front and everything just starts to come together. And when things start happening, man, I mean, you don't, it's almost like you don't get out of the boat. So, during those times, you know, we're going to be baiting and checking quite a little bit. Um, and then if it gets really hot, and I'm up quite a little bit too to make sure we have fresh bait on there. But we also know that, you know, like in June here, when it gets super hot, we were on the river last year in June. It was over 100 degrees. It was episode six or something seven, like that. Six, seven, yeah. And uh, <clears throat> we didn't even fool with our bait during the day just because it was so hot. Night. I mean, there wasn't nothing happening during the day. There really so, wasn't nothing happening at all. So it just kind of depends on the time of the year. Obviously, in the spring, we, 
you know, that's there's that magical time. That 60 to 65 degree water temperature is magical. We might be baiting up quite a little bit. There's been times where, um, you know, we go out and set the poles. Um, specifically, the time that led myself and Crash went out. We had set the poles the night before, came back after work the next day, and we started running them upriver. We were catching fish going upriver from our last pole. And on the way back down, we were catching fish. Mm -hmm. We turned back around and we ran them all the way back up and we were catching fish. And we turned back around and I called Shiner. I was working for Shiner at the time and I called Shiner and I said, hey, I'm going to be late to work tomorrow because we're going to stay out and keep on running these things until the fish stop biting. We ran those two or three, kept on catching fish and rebaiting. It was one of the best runs we ever had in our lives. Yeah, I mean those don't happen a lot, but man, when they do, do it's it's unreal. It's so unreal. you don't you don't want to stop. No. no. Nope. Okay, here's another question. What are the video plans for the Mississippi River monsters in Memphis? Just filming the way in, or what? Do you, what are your guys' plans? That's a great question. We're uh, we're going to be headed down there actually. In two weeks, I'm, I fly down to Memphis, and I'm going to be having a meeting with the tournament director and um, a couple other people down. And we will be saying we're actually sponsoring that event this year um, at a pretty high level. And so we're going to be going down there just to try to help them with anything that they that they need to make sure it's a success for them. And uh, as far as filming goes, we're I think everybody's going to be there. I'm pretty sure. So. Willie's going to be fishing. Um, I don't fish tournaments. Willie fishes all the tournaments. So, I'm, you know, let's call it what it is. I guess I'm more the businessman of the organization, and Willie's the wild man of the organization, and that's what makes this thing work. But um, Willie's going to be fishing tournaments down there, and uh, we'll have all the boys there. We'll have the camera guys there, so they'll be out on the boat. They'll be filming. They'll be filming weigh-in. They'll be filming the actual tournament itself. They'll be filming the vendors. You know, probably just out there with the guys and out there with a lot of these dudes that are probably watching this tonight and just trying to meet people. And that's what we're going to be doing and uh, getting to know people and, you know, let the roll. That's kind of that's kind of how we're going to address the, the, the filming of that tournament. It's just going to be one big episode of fish weigh in and super, super good fun. So. That's awesome. Somebody else, somebody else wants to know. To Phil's point, when do you, when do we see you guys at a Twisted Cat Outdoors tournament? Burlington Battle of Burlington will be the next one that uh, I'll be attending. That's coming, up, coming up pretty quick. Yeah, about a month, I believe, from this weekend. One month from this weekend. I think it's the first weekend in in uh, May. And Boomer up there, and uh, we'll be fishing that one. I hope that I hope we can make it up there. We're planning on being there for that one. So, we'll okay. Another there. question. Uh, you yeah. know, one of the things about fishing in Twisted Cat Outdoor tournaments is you got to bring this old man some bait when you show up. We <laughs> might. Okay. Another question. What all is your plans for the River Monsters tournament? Uh, I'm assuming that's the Ohio. Uh, monsters on the Ohio tournament. I'm thinking uh, entry into it and films like the weigh in and more. Um, that that particular tournament is not being filmed. Uh, I'll just I'll be going over there to fish that tournament. Okay. 
no, no film in there. Who are you going to fish those tournaments with, Willie? Boomer. 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 Yeah. Partner. He's a good guy. Yeah, Very knowledgeable. Yeah. Fun to be around. Yep, yep. He's, he's deadly awesome. on that Lake Ozone. He knows how to get that bait, I'll tell you that. Mm-hmm. He knows Twisted, how to get bait. Twisted Fishing TV said, love the CPR and selective harvest message, guys. Awesome. Thank you very much. We appreciate that. And that was, that was, who was that again? Twisted. That was uh, Twisted Fishing TV. Twisted Fishing TV. Right on. Hey, Twisted Fishing TV, hit us up at info at mudbumusa.com. That email comes straight to all. If you got any more questions or anything like that, in fact, all of you guys, info at mudbumusa.com. If you send that to our portal, it will land in every single one of us knuckleheads inbox. And we get all of them. So just letting you know. If you guys got any questions and and, and be it good, bad, or ugly, hey, we're we're happy to have the conversation with anybody about anything. We really are. Hey, one thing about me asking you guys about the bait situation, you know, that is kind of initiation. We always used to tell everybody that when Cindy and I was running those tournaments and Matt uh <laughs> Marshall got on there and says, I'll, I'll make sure you got bait for that tournament when you come to Burlington. <laughs> well, we're out here by the Lake, the Ozarks, so we can usually find Chad pretty easy, and I've got Skipjack. So, But I appreciate him letting me know. But, you know, it's, it, was, it was kind of a joke. We used to – to uh, Doug Rice is a really good friend of mine. You'll meet him at some of them tournaments, Willie, and, and uh, he's a big Sea Art guy. He's been sponsored by him for years and years, and, and uh, it's, uh, him and I started that. 10 years ago was you bringing my bait, you know, and it kind of mushroomed from there. So I just, you know, thought I'd throw that in, but it was really nice to Matt to offer to grab my bait. That's pretty cool. Do you want me to flip those fins for you? Don't be bringing yeah. none of them. Uh, <laughs> they'll, need to be, they'll need to be clipped if I'm going to use them. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> one, one thing about it, Willie, up there in Burlington, you will, you'll be getting channels or flatheads one because there won't be no blues up there. Oh, no, I know it. I know it. I know just yeah. I told you. <laughs> I'm going to. All right. I'll follow you around a couple of days pre-fishing. Maybe I can figure it out. <laughs> uh, whatever it you'll, takes, right? You'll notice that there is some of them guys that do that. You know, Cindy and I go out to these tournaments and we'll pre-fish two or three days and and uh there'll be the same boat come around you every time you stop someplace to check something out and they're, they're up there punching them buttons make sure you know and i don't know why because you know it may it'll change between now and the next day or the day after whenever you're going to be fishing but it, it's not just us they do it to everybody certain ones do and uh me i just uh they, they don't know if i'm on the right spot or not i might be uh uh i might be uh dealing just messing with them you know i might even might be on some uh uh asian carp or something you know they don't know From I did get a mess yeah i got a message on my uh, facebook from jody harrison a jody runs the winter blues on wheeler down in wheeler lake in alabama he would like to invite you guys to come fish that tournament it'd be that i believe it's the first weekend of the year uh the first of january so usually we're new year's weekend and uh, 
uh, he must be watching because he sent me a message, make sure that I invited you to, to go down there. And that's really nice of Jody to do that because that is a fun tournament in the time of the year where you guys are in a lot of hard water. <laughs> yeah. True. Yeah. That's right, buddy. Well, thank you, Jody. Yes, thank you very much. We appreciate that invite. Um, I, I can pretty much vouch that uh, Willie's probably going to do everything he can <laughs> try to get down there to that tournament next year. So oh, yeah. yep. it is a huge ball of fun. It's it's a huge time that we missed the first one this year that since they started them but on the count of I was preparing for the shoulder surgery and uh, we was down to every one before that and I doubt if we miss another and it's just a great time and usually it's fairly warm down there and the you know a couple of years last couple of years before that our cabin door we rent them cabins and the door just stays open on new year's eve and everybody just runs in and out goes from one place to the next just it's just a great time you you, you can't have any more fun unless you're catching fish hold on one second here got a uh, workout facility next door to our shop here and they like to bump the music really loud well one thing about it is they don't have to worry about me coming to visit them no, but they just got crashed. So, oh, <laughs> I, I, Tell he, going on. <laughs> he can go over and work out if he wants to. I'm pretty sure I'm not going to join. Yeah, it's it's funny, man. We have this thing called the CFD. I don't know if y'all have ever noticed that in our episodes. Have y'all ever heard of that? The CFD? I don't guess so. Well, that's what we call the cat fisherman's diet. See, that consists of anything that's absolutely not healthy. So. Okay. <laughs> We, we practice the CFD quite frequently, as you guys see when we're out there on the river. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'd fit right in with that. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, I know I will. But these guys next door are good guys. They're great guys. They're just like Redman. I'm sure you guys have seen Redman on the show. He's all chiseled yeah. up, you know, and he, don't, yep. he, is, he treats his body like a temple, you know. He's just complete polar opposite of lead. But <laughs> <laughs> over there, dude, you know. Sweating and doing all kinds of crazy stuff. When I went over there earlier to tell them that we were going to have this interview tonight, and I had a cookie in my hand, and I'm standing there in front of ten people working out, and they stopped working out. And they're like, "Are you serious? You come over here with a cookie in your hand?" One <laughs> cookie? That's right. Look. Oh man, that's hilarious. Here's another question: Are your shows televised anywhere, or only on YouTube? There's a serious lack of catfishing shows. On national TV, Pursuit Channel, isn't it, guys? Yeah, yes, sir. it's on Pursuit Channel, and uh, here channel only on Dish Network, but it's also on Direct TV. It's also on Roku. So if you have Roku, you can live stream our show on Roku. Go to uh, Pursuit Channel's website, so PursuitChannel.com, and you can live stream it there uh, Monday night. 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central. You can also go to CarbonTV.com. Carbon TV is the largest online. So they have a ton of shows on Carbon TV, if y'all have ever heard of them. Go to Carbon TV, look us up. You can watch our episodes there. What we do is our episodes air Q1, Q2 of every year. So quarter one, quarter two. So our episodes basically, by rule of thumb, start January 1 and they air until about July. And then from July to December, we're off the TV. Well, as soon as July hits, we put all of our season on carbon. So the folks who don't have satellite or they, you know, they're not watching it through that method. 
then they can go through carbon and they can watch all of the seasons come to buy. So hopefully that answers the question. But thank you. That's a great question. Here's another one. Thank you all. Well, this is not a question. This is a statement from Fat Boy Dan's Great Outdoors. Said, thank you all for showing the world that not all of us are bank not all of us bank fishermen are bad, as in keeping the fish. I get the same rush off of a bank line as I do a reel, and my kids love bank line fishing. Well, appreciate that. Thank you very much. And uh, hey, man, we're not going to lie to you. You pull up underneath a big old overhanging cottonwood about six foot above your head with roots and, and spiders hanging over you at about three o'clock in the morning when it's all wild on about a five mile an hour and you reach down into the water to pull out a 40 pound fish on a six foot line seven foot line it, it's it's a lot of fun <laughs> i can't lie to you in the little bit man so we know what you're talking about fat boy dan appreciate you bud thank you man appreciate your support i really believe that probably Closer to 95% or more of us started out doing exactly what you guys are doing before any of us knew any different. You know, when, when I started catfishing catfish tournaments, nobody knew that you could catch blues consistently of any size. And, mm. uh, you know, we'd race to the local place that was loading grain onto a barge and tried to stick five channel cat right quick, and hopefully yours was the biggest. And then they started figuring out you could catch them blues consistently, and that was a game changer. That's when the turn catfish tournament really started turning on. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. We love rod and reel. We like rod and reeling too, man. I mean, but yeah, we. Well, it's funny with us. See, everybody. So we kind of, if you actually take a step back and look at our timeline. I'm 32, you're 30, 30. So we've been doing this now for about 12 to 14 years, pretty heavy as a group. The 10 is how long we've been digging around. So we started all kind of fishing and doing this, you know, when it's 18, 19 years old. When I started, I'm originally from Kentucky. I was born in Louisville. Um, so everything went he was fishing with my grandpa. It was all crappie and panfish and bluegill and red ears and all that kind of stuff. And Led is the only guy out of five guys that grew up doing this stuff. So when Led and I met, and Willie and I were already hanging out, and then Led came into the fold, it was really kind of Willie and I in quite a little while. Um, and then Red kind of came into the fold, um, and we were doing more rodding and reeling at the very beginning. Oh, yeah, we were going to build yeah. Monday through Friday. Fish after work, and we were fishing two, three, four nights a week, rod and reel and channel cats on our river, uh, doing that. And one day, Led's just like, "Man, we ought to go out and run lines this weekend." And we had never done it, so he kind of opened that whole world up to us, where most people kind of grew up doing that, you know, running lines as a kid. I kind of, I, I actually cut my teeth with a rod and a reel, and then kind of went to run the lines, and now we're kind of doing both. If that even makes sense, but, but yeah. Most people actually grow up doing that kind of stuff. And jugs, and there's just, y'all know the gig, you know? There's a million ways to catch them critters. That's right. That's exactly right. you have any more questions, Doc? Uh, no, I pretty much, I think. Nope. Okay. I've got a couple here I want to go over. 
I asked the one about who he's going to fish the tournaments with. He said he's going to do that with them. Uh, and, and they covered the filming. So, you know, they're going to shoot. Did all these guys take all my questions? <laughs> uh, so the one question that I had was, did you all guys all grow up together? And it's evident that you did not. You just become friends later on. Is that correct? Kind of. Yeah, kind of. Kind of. Um, so Led is 17 years older than me. And, and uh, so he was kind of the, the one guy, five, that didn't go to the same school. Shiner and Red are brothers. People don't know oh, that. Yeah. Okay. They're stepbrothers, but really in our world, they're brothers. You know? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but Shiner and Red were brothers. And Willie and Red. Uh, about seventh grade, eighth grade, we started hanging out, playing sports together. So it was about that same time that they started hanging out. Shiner and I started hanging out. So I moved from Ohio to Des Moines, Iowa in eighth grade. And so January 17th of 1998, I never forget that date because he said something in class that I can't repeat today. Got <laughs> uh, kicked out of class. And I immediately knew this guy's my best friend. I already know it now. We're buddies. So that's how I met Shiner. And, uh, oh, man. Actually hang out with your buddies and your buddies' brothers. And so I met Willie through Shiner and Red, Shiner basically. Red, yeah, yeah. And then we just kind of all naturally got along together. You know, there's a three-year split between Red and Willie and me and Shiner. But it was immediately like, yeah, we like things and in 2003 when i met led we met him at a deer camp and when i met led i got to tell this story if we got time because it's kind of funny yeah go ahead the uh so shiner was hunting at a deer camp it was uh there was just shiner and he was hunting up there at a deer camp it was like a third generation deer camp 20 guys middle of nowhere iowa basement in some you know small rural house so you can imagine it, I'm just painting a picture for you. Well, Led, he starts hunting up there a couple days or a couple years prior, and then I get invited up there. So when I get invited up there, Led, at the time, Led was kind of a grumpy old dude. He did not <laughs> like talking to people. He did. I mean, he's just a grump. And I was 18 and just full of. I was just a punk. So Led was a. And we got thrown into the same deer camp, and it wasn't. It didn't take us five minutes to realize that we didn't like each other. I mean, we just didn't like each other. Led was like, man, I don't like that little pump, you know. And I'm like, man, I don't like that old man, you know. And uh, it was funny about it, we. Everybody knew up there in camp, like, man, these two are not getting along. And three months later, I threw a surprise party for my roommate. We were living in the same house. And I threw a surprise party for my roommate and I got all these random people showing up that are my buddy's friends, you know, from work. And I get a knock on my front door and oh, there stands Led. And he was there with his wife who was friends with my roommate's coworker. Long and weird, but immediately Led walked into my house. Like I cannot believe I'm standing here in this house with you, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and so immediately, it was one of those times where you have two options. 
and I, and I learned a valuable lesson that day. And I wish that people could actually, I wish that people could actually take this right, this this right here, and run with this in your life. Because let me tell you something. And led my relationship that would have never happened. It would have never happened if that night I would have said, you know what? Nope, I'm not going to talk to this guy. And if Led would have said, nope, I'm not talking to this guy. But what we did was he came in and I said, hey, yep. So we stepped outside and uh, and we literally just started talking. And we talked through it, you know. And the next thing you know, it was like five hours had gone by and his wife comes out and she's like, are you coming back inside? And so we're in trouble and we're, we're immediately best friends, you know. He's like, hold on a minute, I'm out here talking. <laughs> but that's how we met and I encourage people you know I, I really truly encourage you if you've got a difference with somebody approach them talk to them and squash it because what people don't realize is you probably have more in common than you know that's exactly right that's good advice <laughs> that, so, in your case that's a life-changing advice oh it was a it's a life-changing let me tell you something had I had that attitude then, I would not be sitting right here with Willie tonight. That's a fact. That's pretty cool. That's pretty yeah. cool. Oh, man, that's my buddy. <laughs> He's at home watching right now. He is. He is. This is my buddy. Yeah, that's great. You know, that you guys get along like that. And, and like I say, the entertainment factor is way up on the charts for me with what you guys do. I enjoy it so much. I I, you know, I know there's a lot of stuff going to be happening this year. I, I've told everybody that this is going to be a breakout year for the sport of catfishing, and I believe that. Uh, we've got a lot of big tournaments and things in the works. Uh, everything's getting bigger, better, more organized, run more professionally, and and I think that uh, it's going to be a great year, and I'm looking forward to seeing you guys at a bunch of these events. Now, when we get to Mississippi River Monsters, there's going to be a couple hundred people down there with boats and stuff and uh, be at a, at a couple of different motels, but we all get together down there and we'll be doing live shows. I want to make sure that you guys step in down there and visit with us because uh, we have a great time down there, don't we, Doc? Yes, we do. Yeah, it was, it was a blast. So we didn't, we, I mean, you know, you get out there on the river and it, you know, it's that current was cranking down through there, but and it took us a couple of days to get used to it. Actually, it took me a couple of days to learn how to control Lyle's boat in it. <laughs> it's bad. Seven mile an hour is a lot of current. Yeah, it was definitely yeah. cooking. Hey, gentlemen, I don't mean to be rude, um, and I am. I'm in. I have. I am not pressed for time, but I know it's eight o'clock. No, before we get done, I just have one thing that I'd like to share with you if you guys are all right with that. And that's sure, just to tell right. you both. Sincerely, and, I, and I'll, I'm going to speak for Willie here, and I'm going to speak for the boys here when I say this. Where to go? You guys yeah, do. You but you're up with every night um, doing what you guys are doing, you know, on Monday.
furthermore extended out to everybody that kind of tuned in. Appreciate you and everybody that's watched. And for those of you that pay attention and those of you that tune in. interaction or anything that we've had with you we just want you all to know that we greatly appreciate I don't think we can make him go through it again <laughs> I don't either Blaine you broke up nearly through all that we just more than you guys a lot just everybody as a whole thank you <laughs> Yeah, if you guys, a big thank you. It was a big thank you if y'all missed all that. That's what it was. Yeah. You was breaking, you was breaking up, and we get bits and pieces of it. But but you're, you know, we we're just happy to be here. And and when we get guests like you guys on here, uh, it's been a ton of fun. It was a blast when we was oh, down yeah. at the conference. You know, I, I had so much so much problems. Uh, trying to get things lined up and ever, you know, some guys don't want to do a show and other guys do want to do, do shows. And, and right. when you guys decided you would come up there and, and there was no question, you just bailed right on up there. Of course I had asked Steve about it before and, and it was, it was a blast. I mean, we could have made a five hour show sitting down there visiting with you. Uh, and it was just fun. And like I say, it was just like we knew you guys forever and, uh, this deal with this, I knew at some point we had to do it. And, and with your schedule and our stuff, it, it, it worked out to where today was the day. And I was happy about that. And then when I posted it, I thought I'd made a mistake and put the wrong date down and people were sending me messages. And I thought, oh man, here we go. I done told them one thing and it's going to be oh, something. Oh, man, messed it up. <laughs> but you know, it, it worked out and I'm very happy. And I know doc is that you guys could join us because we've had a, had a blast had a doing this show. And, and, you know, I'd like to do another with you down the road sometime. And like I say, we get to Memphis, you guys come on over, visit with you. If if we're confined on spaces, let's, let's do part of you in one set and another part of the rest of you in another set. However, we got to do it, you know. Yep. Yep. Great. That's awesome. You know, and I'm sure that uh, Shiner and Led would probably be willing to come and do one with you guys, you know, on a different night. Hey, that'd be great, too. Yeah. So. Something yeah, that'd be great too. man we appreciate it we do we've, we've had a blast with you guys oh man it's a lot of fun and I, I mean, i'm looking forward to seeing you guys and stuff and and uh we're going we're going to be looking for that green boat we catch you out on that river now <laughs> <laughs> somebody told me that thing would run 65 mile an hour yeah she's 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 we're working on that <laughs> 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 we have so much fun at them tournaments. And if you don't do any good at the tournaments, you're still going to have a good time. I promise. Yes, sir. That's, that's, the, all, that's the point. The number one goal is to have a good time, meet new people, right. do some fishing. That, uh, yeah. If you're not having fun, then you're, you're there for the wrong reason. You know, so I, that's what it's all about. To Memphis, you're gonna have a blast. When you get to Owensboro, you're gonna have a blast again. And if you get to make it to to that Wheeler tournament there for uh, down there at the first of the year, that Winter Blues on Wheeler, you've been sitting around for a couple of months, all iced up. You don't know what you're gonna do with yourself. You get to Alabama, it ain't like that, man. It, it's uh, it's a blast, and they got some giant blues in that lake. Flatheads too. That's awesome. 
It is. Well, gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us on the show tonight. Don't make yourself a stranger. Doc and I appreciate so much that you yep. spent your time on a Monday night to, to jump in here and be with us. It, it's a great time, and I look forward to doing it again. The pleasure was ours, gentlemen. Thank you, guys. Thank you right, very thanks much. Thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate it. See you guys. Have a good night. You too. Thank you. That's the Mud Bum Boys, the two of them, uh, Crash and, and Willie. It's finer men I don't think we've ever had on the show. Do you, Doc? You know, that, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, just. Yeah, they're great guys. You know, great it, great you interaction know. with the guests, you know, the people in chat tonight. A lot of questions. People enjoyed watching them. Uh, they, they're just a ton of fun. Just an extension of what we uh, had there at the Catfish Conference. That's right. It was great down there. I mean, uh, had some cool stuff. That boat is really neat. I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I really like that boat. And, and those guys are, uh, you know, I know that they're conservation-minded, but they're fun. And like I told them, that show they do is extremely entertaining. Anybody that doesn't like that has no sense of humor whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> so. What do you got for uh, end results for tournaments and stuff, Doc? Okay, Central Ohio Catfish Tournament. Uh, this was held on Allen Creek Reservoir, just above Columbus, Ohio. First place, Steve Funk and uh, Ian Sparks, 50.58 pounds. That's six channel cats, too. Uh, second, yeah, second, Mike Wall, Randy Keys, 47.58. Uh, third, Skyler Glassburn and Scott Deal, 43.84. And Jerry Height, Height and Mike, uh, their big fish was a 12.26-pound channel cat. A very well-run group. This was my first time fishing this tournament. Daniel and I came in seventh. And uh, my tip tonight, I'm going to show you something that I use exclusively when I'm fishing for channel cats. So, uh, Indiana Catfish Association, Turtle Creek results. First, Bruce Huck, 26.8 pounds. Second, Brad Bex, 24.3 pounds. Third, Ron Streeter, George Lee Master, 23 pounds. And fourth, Rob and Lloyd Tanner, 21 pounds. Sandy Cooper Monster Quest, Cat Quest, uh, that was on Sandy Cooper Lake. Uh, first, Ronnie Johnson, Doug Cole, two-day total, 240.01 pounds. Second, Kelly Goldbolt, 236.64 pounds. Third, Lee Harden and Josh Coggins. 231.82 pounds, and fourth, Ray and Tracy Waltrush, 227.57 pounds. That was a two-day tournament with a four-fish limit each day. And that's all I've got on my end. Lyle, how about you? I have the Battle of the Potomac, which was a, I understand it was pretty rough weather out there, but the uh, uh, first place went to Eric Tusson and Louie and Trent Helwig. Second place and Big Fish went to Greg Aaron and David Barnett. Uh, the winning weight was 152.7 pounds. Now, if I'm correct, that was two overs, three unders in this tournament. 
David Barnett and uh, Greg Aaron had 145.20 pounds. Third place, Richie White, Wright, uh, Keith Burnett, and Mike Burris, 121.10 pounds. Fourth place, Robert Fetner and Denny Baird, 120.70 pounds. And fifth place was Eric Becker, Baker and Brad Tricious. And it, it went on from there. I'm not going to go through all of them, but uh, uh, that was the gist of that. And that was their first annual. Those top five will also be qualified now for the Catfish Weekly National Championship. And I've already got uh, been messaged from a couple of them about how to get a hold of everything. So that looks like they're planning on coming. Uh, the Bluff City Outdoors Tournament. Uh, boys, you guys are going to have to get me this stuff. I wouldn't have had this. I just happened to have seen it. Uh, before the show as I was getting the show up. Uh, this was held at, uh, I think, Columbia Bottoms uh, there in St. Louis, but I'm not sure where it was out of. I didn't get to talk to anybody about where or when it's from, but it's the Bluff City Outdoors Tournament. Uh, this was their first one in first place with three fish weigh in, which that's the limit down there, 86 pounds, 0.80 ounces. Uh, the big fish is 60 pounds and 13 ounces with Jim Bishop and Dan Altwell. Uh, second place, three fish, uh, 79.34 pounds with a kicker fish of 40 pounds and 15 ounces with the Jamie, Jamie Mathena, Jason Mathena, and Dwayne Maslowski. And third place of three fish with 57.24 pounds, Bill Parfit and Matt McIntyre. Great job, everybody. Uh, that's not outstanding weight for down there, but it's – Three fish, that's three fish. That's a good way in for their first tournament. So uh, glad everybody got to do that. Uh, I do have a guy sent me some stuff that I wanted to talk about is the Catfish Bullies Triple Threat uh, Tournament down in Texas. Uh, no boats or anything. It's a bank fishing tournament, and uh, they want to get as much participation as they can. Uh, have your fees in by March 25th. You can go to Catfish Bullies website or on Facebook and contact them guys to find out further information. There'll be three categories, Gator Gar, Blues, and Flatheads, bank only, no drones, no kayaks, open to the public in Texas water, big fish wins in each category. Uh, have your fees paid by March 29th. You can contact them guys and find out all about that. Probably be fun. They don't hear too much anymore about bank fishing tournament stock so that ought to be a, a good deal for people that are interested in doing that yep uh i think other than doc's tip of the week i don't have i don't have any more tournament results and nobody sent me the upcoming stuff uh that's coming up so i'll have to get all that stuff uh lined up and posted online okay we're 12 days away from uh bank's big tournament that's behind me. Um, we got confirmation today, uh, Lyle did, that this is going to be a qualifier for the Catfish Weekly National Tournament. That is correct. So we're going to be sending five five teams to that, uh, well, whoever the five are. Now, Doc, you know, if some of these guys have been on the line about going to fishing at that tournament, uh, this is just one more reason to go do it. Uh, there's not a, a just an overabundance of qualifying events in that area, and uh, I got to look and yeah. see who it was here that put that money up. It was very Stamp nice. Stamp field. 
Chase, Canfield. Jason and and uh, that, Chris, what was it, Christy or yeah, that's just a, a really great gesture for them people to do that. That ought to bring some extra people into the tournament. Uh, this is a tournament for a really good cause. So. Uh, you go out there and, and catch your fish, get qualified for the national championship, and you can see us at Lake the Ozark May of next year, and we'll be happy to have five representatives from that neck of the woods from that tournament show up. Yep. So, all right, Doc's tip for the night. Uh, I, I do a lot of channel cap fishing. Uh, as I've gotten older, I've kind of been pulling away from the river more so, and and I've, I've been fishing a lot of the lakes, trying to learn how to fish uh, for catfish on the lakes. Uh, been a river fisherman my whole life. And, uh, you know, just the lakes are closer and uh, it, it's easier for me. And, and I enjoy interacting with the, a lot of the local clubs and stuff like that. But one of the things that I do use is I use the double hook rig. And I'll see if you can see all that. Double hook rig, I put the bobber in between between it, and I'll be dragging this thing along with a real light pencil sinker on the in front of the swivel. But what this bait rig will tell you is whether the fish are up off of the bottom or if they're down in the mud. So, and what you can do is if you start catching fish on this front hook, which is always it's always down here along the bottom and, and your other one is riding up and you start catching fish on this first hook that's telling you those fish are hunkered down in the mud and and you know that that thing is going right over them and then they're moving on the bait if you start catching them on the the one that is above the uh the bottom that means them fish are, are a little more aggressive and you know you can get uh, you can catch a, a lot more if they're above that bottom. So I, I use this double hook rig a lot. Uh, the only problem is when you go to net a fish, you know, one of these hooks always seems to get into it. And I'm, I'm using uh, one of those Ego uh, uh, rubberized nets, which is, seems to be a lot easier to uh, get these hooks out if you get them all caught in in the net so uh, that's doc's tip for the night the double hook rig for channel cats man that's a great tip that thing that's a setting that uh cork in there between the two hooks is something that most people never seen so yeah. uh you know that's that's something that that people will take notice of i'm quite sure it's a really good deal we uh we got Boomer Wilson on next week. Boomer is a pro staff for the Mudspun Boys. We had him set up uh, before we ever went to the Catfish Conference. Uh, him and I have talked and tried to work things out. Of course, he's he's like everybody else. He has a work schedule, and it's hard to get everything coordinated. It just worked out to where there's one one week and one the next week. But Boomer Wilson lives on Lake of the Ozarks, fishes it a lot. Uh, he can, He's going to help us tell everybody when you get to the national event how you find bait. Yeah. What areas of the lake are productive that time of the year? What you're going to be looking for? This a world of quality information from a guy that fishes it a lot, lives on the lake, and it's really going to be a great show. And Boomer's just a really cool guy. He's like I say, he's a good friend of mine, and and uh, want to appreciate the fact that he's going to join us on the show and share some of this information because if he gets qualified, he didn't have to do that. He'd be down there smoking us by himself. 
Yeah. You know, it's pretty nice yes. for them to come on here, especially the bait thing is what people don't know about Lake Ozarks. It's full of bait, but if you don't know where to get them, you're not going to get them. It doesn't matter how many's in there. Yeah. Uh, and, and he's going to help everybody out with that and tell them different arms of the lake and how to fish them and uh, things to look for and stuff like that. So Boomer Wilson next next uh, Monday night. Thanks for watching Catfish Weekly. Hope everybody enjoyed the Mud Bum Boys. We sure had a good time with them. For Doc Lang, I'm Lyle Stokes, and we'll see you next Monday night.